patents are for inventions and trademarks are for brands, but either you're building an invention or you're building a brand and you want to protect that. It's going to be an asset to the company. Do you often wonder whether there's more to life than your nine to five job? Do you dream about having a life that has no boundaries, where you can decide what to do and where to do it? And does the thought of how to get that life maybe overwhelm you just a little bit? Then this is the podcast for you. Join me as I uncover how to get that freedom and live a life that needs no retirement plan. I'll be scouring the internet and chatting with people from all walks of life who are out there living life to the max instead of punching a time card. I'm Jackie Doucette, and this is Beyond Retirement. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Beyond Retirement. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by Devin Miller. He's the CEO of Miller IP Law, which is which is a law firm that helps startups and small businesses with patents and trademarks. But I know Devin's done a few other things um, in his life because he's got an engineering degree as well. So hopefully he'll talk to us a little bit about uh, some other stuff as well as about uh, startups and patents. So hi, Devin. Thanks for joining me. My pleasure. Happy to be on. So, yep. Thank you. So as I said, um, I see that you've got an engineering degree as well as a law degree. What uh, what drew you into law? Um, I didn't want to be an engineer. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's yeah, a little bit tongue in cheek, but I got to the end of a law or engineering school. So I ended up getting four different degrees. So as you mentioned, I do a lot of things and law is certainly a big part of it, but one of them. Um, so I did undergraduate, I did electrical engineering and Mandarin Chinese, um, but really more focusing my, my career on what would be engineering. And I kind of got to the end of engineering, you know, of my undergraduate and said, well, I like engineering, but I don't know that I want to be a hardcore engineer or be on a project and work on it for months on end or for years on end. And, you know, kind of that, and I like diversity in that. And so kind of that time I, you know, looking for that and thinking how I'd want to do it. And I also had an uncle that happened to be a patent attorney and he worked for, I think it was a time it was for 3M with, you know, that does sticky notes and all the tape, scotch tape and everything. And yeah. so I had a, a little bit of a conversation, kind of looked at what he was doing because, um, so, and he's an engineer, an engineering undergraduate as well. So I kind of looked at it and said, well, you know, that kind of gives me the, the best of both worlds in the sense that, you know, with patent law, I can work, do utilize my engineering skills, a lot of the things I'd learned. And yet at the same time, I can, um, jump from a lot of projects to projects, see a lot of different cool inventions, be a part of it. And so that's kind of where I took engineering and then decided how I could then incorporate it. Well, so um, that was kind of the, the short end of or how I moved from engineering to law and why I went to law because I like engineering, but I didn't want to be stuck as an engineer. So Right. I can understand that. I, uh, I also have an engineering degree and I didn't want to be stuck in it. <laughs> so that's so. it. I understand completely. Fair enough. So you, uh, you said your your grandfather was in patent law as well. Uh, uncle, uncle, so sorry, your uncle. Uncle and who's out in Michigan, Minnesota area, um, working for 3M. So, yep. Okay, cool. And, um, are you uh, are you married? Do you have a family? I do. So married for 13 years, and I have four kids for ages four to nine. So got wow. oldest is a boy at nine, and then three girls uh, down down from there down to four. So wow, so busy time. <laughs> uh, plenty to keep me busy. So run my own firm, co-founder of a couple other startups. Um, do a husband and father, and then coach a little league flag football. So between all of that, uh, plenty to wow. keep, plenty to keep me busy. I bet. 
So let's let's move into that. You uh, because you you are a family guy. You've got a you've got a, a young family to take care of, and you've got your businesses on the on the way. Um, hmm. What kind of advice can you give to someone who is starting out in a in a business, either a brick and mortar type business or an online one, um, in terms of making it their business? I, you talk about or you have um, knowledge, obviously, with patents and brands and trademarks. What would you advise people? Do they need that kind of thing, or can they just go on their own? Um, yeah. So I mean. It- I'll give you the standard lawyer answer, which is always it depends, but I'll give you a better answer than that. Um, so, I mean, it kind of depends on what you're going to do with a business. I mean, what is your, what is your object or what you want to do? So let's say, I'll give you a couple examples. So let's say you wanted to do a startup and a small business. It's really just a mom and pop shop. So, you know, you wanted to be a local business. You just kind of want to be serve the local community, the people around you. You don't really have aspirations for putting a product out in the market or, you know, earn a a big degree or going international or anything like that. Then patent and trademarks probably don't make a lot of sense because you're just serving a a small local community and, you know, you don't need that protection. If I were to flip it and say, now, let's say you were doing a startup, you were putting in a whole lot of time, blood and, you know, sweat and tears and effort to bringing a new product to market. You have the next iPhone, you know, whatever it is, the next, you know, Tesla car, or, you know, something that's, you know, cool in that. But it's, you know, there's a lot of effort that goes into that, right? So put a lot of time, a lot of, you know, thing, and, and it's hard to capture a lot of that value. And so that's a, so one thing you always do with patents and trademarks, whether patents are for inventions and trademarks are for brands, but either you're building an invention or you're building a brand and you want to protect that. It's going to be an asset to the company well, that's what you know. That's one way that you're going to do that is by using a patent or a trademark in order to protect that. So, if you're looking for, hey, we're going to put in a lot of time and effort, and we want to capture the value, or we're going to be selling this in the marketplace and going out in a big way, or we're going to go to venture capital or angel investors or someone to invest in your company, those are a lot of good reasons to get a patent and trademark because it captures that value. And on the flip side, if or if you weren't going to, if you're going to stay small and, and just be local, then it wouldn't make sense. Okay, so Joe Blow on the street who's just got this little uh, little business helping out friends and neighbors, not really any need for it. But what about, right. say if someone is starting a business that's going to be an online thing, they, they don't know whether it's going to grow you know, to something really big, but they do have kind of aspirations of it being the thing that's going to run, you know, that's going to take over the world, but they right. don't really have a plan in place at the start kind of hard to build a brand around something that isn't really there yet right yeah and and it kind of differentiates between brands and trademarks a little bit so brands are something you know trademarks is and i'm not saying to push it out forever but you can you know a little bit of wait and see if you're saying hey i you know i think our intention is we want to build a big company want to build a big brand but we don't know where it's going to go let's you know then i'd say let you wait and see build your brand a little bit take you a little bit of time if you start to get traction or you start to, you know, start to see success, then that's when I'd give you a trademark. The only caveat is that I wouldn't wait till we're a, you're a huge company and, you know, huge brand. And then you try and go back and capture it because, you know, by that point, people may have liked your brand, start knocking it off or otherwise create other issues. So you don't want to wait till, because there is a trade, both with trademarks and patents to a large degree, it's kind of a first come first serve in the sense that if you're the first one to file a patent or even for a trademark, you secure those rights. And so you always have to kind of balance that, that if, hey, for my trademark, if I wait too long and somebody else files on that same trademark, 
they could potentially, I could potentially not be able to keep using my brand. So that's kind of one where you want to balance it that if you're early on enough, you may wait a little bit, but you don't want to wait too long to where the point that somebody else is going to say, hey, that's a great brand, I'll go file a trademark on it, and you stop from using it. For a patent, you're kind of in the middle in the sense that, you know, I always say you can only do as much as you have budget for, right? And I get startups and small businesses, you're always, budget's always a concern. You only have enough money. You're saying, do I put the money in a, you know, patent or trademark? Do I put it in hiring? Do I put it in sales or marketing? And it's always that kind of that balance. And so generally with the patent, you're saying, you know, one thing is, is you, with patents, you have to file within a year anytime you put it in a public. So there's a, a statutory law that anytime you put anything out in the public domain, so that can be putting a paper, doing a webinar on it, doing a conference on it, offering it for sale or putting it up on a website. Anytime you put it out in the public, you have a year time frame within which you can file a patent on it. And if you don't, then it basically it's come, becomes public domain. Anybody can do it. So that's kind of one thing you're always looking at. And then the other thing, and then I'll take a breath and see if you have any other questions, um, <laughs> if, is if you're looking for patents are the same way that first to file, meaning whoever files on a patent first is a presumptive inventor. So you have to be careful, you know, you kind of, it's, you gauge your risk tolerance, right? So if you're saying, hey, we're doing this in the garage, we're not really exposing it to anybody, we can wait for six months until we get it farther along. On the other hand, if you're going out to venture capitalists and pitching your idea and letting the world know and putting it out there, then you're, you know, if you think it's a good idea and it's important to you and it's what you're building your business around, then you're probably more likely, you're increasing your risk and you're more likely to want to file sooner. So it depends on, you know, how, where you're at along the spectrum and what your risk tolerance is. Okay. Wow. That's a lot to think about. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a short answer, but I gave you, a, it was a short question and I gave you a much longer answer. But in that, no, that's good because someone who is, you know, just starting out and they think they've got this really great idea for a business, not, not somebody who's building something. So it's not going to be mm. a, a patent necessarily, but someone who's trying to build up a brand and get things going. What about the, like the little C, the copyright that you can put on things. Can anybody put that there and it's just theirs or, or is there a law that goes around with that? So I'll give you, so there's the three kind of little thing, little, uh, you know, symbols that you see. One is the C that's for copyrights. You know, you can, you can put, anybody can put that on in the sense that it is copyrights as soon as you create. So copyrights are for creative work. So, books, movies, photographs, you know, those type of things, something that's creative. And as soon as you create that, you can put a C around it because you don't have to file it for a copyright to have your rights on it. With trademarks, and then you have either, you oftentimes will see the TM or the R, right? And right. people, you don't even have time to know what the difference is other than you know it's up with trademarks. So TM is basically, if you haven't registered your trademark, you haven't filed for it, but you're saying, hey, this, where you're using this as a brand, you do have some inherent rights that are called common law rights or state rights they are pretty limited, but you're kind of putting this on notice. Hey, this is still either we're in the process of trademarking it or we're going to trademark it. Then you, then you put the TM and the R is once you've registered the trademark, you filed it and you've got a, a, a trademark registered with the patent or us patent and trademark office, then you put the right. TM. So those are kind of the three okay. original question. When do you put the C? That one is, is pretty loosey-goosey. You can put it about any time after you create it. 
Okay. So it doesn't, it doesn't really mean a whole lot then. Someone can still take whatever that is and use it as their own, theoretically. Yeah, I mean, the real, the real reason you only put it on is you putting people on notice so that that way they can't say, hey, I didn't know it was copyrighted or I don't know right. that it was a copyrighted material. So it gives you a bit more protection in the sense that it puts people on notice that, no, this is copyrighted and I intend to enforce it. So that would be about the one reason you'd put it on. You don't okay. have to, but you can. Right. And you see that a lot on, on the bottom of websites and stuff. So mm -hmm. that's the same kind of things that you've designed or made yourself created. Yep, exactly. Okay. So then a trademark, the, the little TM, is kind of like the symbol or the, the note that says patent pending. Same, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's idea. a good example of, for trademarks, it'd be kind of the same idea as patent pending. Yeah. Okay. So giving people the idea or giving people notice that, hey, we're looking after this and we're taking it somewhere. So don't steal it yeah, on us. And then R would almost be the same thing. Patented, no longer patent pending, but you're patented. Right. R would be, we're no longer trademark pending, but we're trademarked. So right. yeah, that's a good, good okay. analogy. That's interesting. So you see a lot of things out, out there in the world that just have a little TM for, you know, so it, it's not really, not really registered then. So it's just somebody using it. Yeah. Either that or the, the person that maybe they have it registered, but they didn't realize the difference. So they keep using the TM anyway. Okay. So that's some funny. people don't, you know, don't realize there's a, a difference and it's, oh, it's trademark. I'll put a TM. So if you okay. wanted to do it proper, that's how you would do it. Yeah. And is this something that you have to renew every year or once you've registered something, is it yours forever? So trademarks, you have to renew it uh, like three and a half years, seven and a half years. And there's a few different uh, junctions. So basically a trademark, so backing up. So kind of going through patents have 20 years from the date you file it. You can, uh, that's how long you secure your rights to it. After 20 years, your patent expires and anybody can do what you, what you patented. Trademarks, as long as you continue to use it, actively use a trademark, you can use it indefinitely. So you think of, you know, let's say a brand that's Coca-Cola or Pepsi that have been around a very long time or Disney or, you know, whichever one, they still can use it. They can, as long as they're actively using their trademarks, they can use it forever. So there are, you do have to, at a periodic, uh, not every year, but a periodic increments that the Patent and Trademark Office said, you do have to basically submit proof or provide proof that yes, we are still actively using it. You have to pay a small fee and submit. Here's the evidence that we're continuing to use our mark. Okay. So as a, as a law firm that helps people get those things, do you help people fight if there's problems with them? Um, yes. So I don't personally, so the law, my law firm does. So I focus more on the side of getting it right. So what yeah. we would call prosecution to file the trademark, file the patent, and then argue back and forth with the patent and trademark offices to, um, being able to, whether or not it's trademarkable or patentable. So it kind of, if you're to get into intellectual property law or patent and trademark law, you almost have a divide where you either go that way with the, with your law practice or you have, or as an attorney, or you specialize more in the, the enforcement. So we do have an attorney that if somebody does knock you off or rip you off or is infringing your rights, then we engage, you know, he engages and represents you. So I don't do it personally, but yeah, one of the other attorneys at the firm does. Does it happen very often? Way too often. Uh, kind of. <laughs> I mean, it depends a little bit on what kind of field you're in. You know, you get some fields that, you know, if you're at a Samsung or an Apple, you're saying, hey, I'm not going to go rip them off because they're going to be very competitive and so you don't want to do it. If you're in kind of the a, a crowded space and people want are knocking off, so if it's kind of a, you know, a, a knickknack or a tchotchke or something that's a, a very 
consumer product, then yeah, it happens more often because it's an easy, something that's easy to knock off. It's easy to, people can be confused as to whether or not you're selling it or not. So on those things, so it kind of industry by industry specific, some are much more fraught with uh, having those issues and some much less so. And I guess probably it, it sort of depends on the individual, whether it's worth fighting or just letting it go and ignoring it. Yeah, I mean, it. You know, these are all good, great questions. They're always hard to give you a concise answer to. But yeah, so I mean, I would look at it as, you know, if you want to enforce a patent or trademark, it's not cheap. I mean, it can be expensive. If you're in a patent lawsuit, it can be upwards of a million dollars for some of the bigger ones. Wow. If you're at a trademark, and, and that's if it goes all the way through court, and most of the time they settle out, obviously. But even a trademark, you're at, you know, you can be fifty to 100000 if you go all the way through court. But where you really get into is more as, does this make business sense for us? Is it going to have a return on our investment? Yeah. And if you're saying, hey, I'm a big company and we want to protect our brand and we want to protect our inventions, then yeah, going through that whole court, you're saying this is making us multiple millions of dollars. On the other side, if you're a small company, you're saying, hey, we, we probably can't afford that. But what you can do, you know, there are other strategies or options. So sometimes let's say you're a small mom and pop shop or, you know, a small up and coming startup that has the next best iPhone and you're, or the next feature for the iPhone. And Apple goes and blatantly rips you off and not saying anything against Apple, just using them as an example. Then you may go to Apple's biggest competitor and you go to Samsung, right? And Samsung's a big competitor of Apple and you're going to sell or license your, your intellectual property, your patent or your brand to them as a way to do that. So you, a lot of times there's as much of a business option as there is just, I'm going to go through the world and I'm going to make them pay, but you may like, or you go to your competitor and you say, Hey, we've got a brand. We think it's a great brand. We've got a lot of followers and customers. Why don't you take a license from us? Then you can build on your brand or use that. So then they'll pay you for using their brand. So I think that there's a lot of ways, one of which is lawsuits, but there's oftentimes a business business option that's a lot better than the, to pursue if you're on a smaller, uh, a limited budget. Ah, that's really interesting. I, I like that. I, I wouldn't have uh, thought of doing that sort of thing. I guess I'm not, I'm not a business minded person, I suppose, <laughs> but. Well, and I, I've, I've had to go through it enough with, you know, working with clients, working with my own businesses that, you know, I always look at it and say lawsuits in a, you know, coming from a lawyer, maybe it sales opposite, but lawsuits are, I always look at as kind of the last resort because they're the most expensive. And also even beyond the money, it pulls your time and attention away from your business that you're building, away from what you want to be doing and what you enjoy. And now you're having to be in a court, you're having to have lawyers brilliant and, and everything else and, and do depositions and all the less fun stuff. And so I'd always look at a business option is how can we do this so that it's profitable and makes a good sense and makes a good return and is good for our business as opposed to a, a lot of time and money and doing something that you don't want to do. Right. So Devin, if someone wanted to get in touch with you to um, find out a little bit more about what you're doing and how it might help them, what would they do? I'll give you a whole bunch of ways. No, I'll give you a few. Um, so I mean, e a lot. The easiest way to get in contact is with is easy, the the website's always a good place. So they can go to MillerIPL.com. So M I L L E R. I is an igloo, P is in Papa, L is in law or intellectual property law, but IPL.com. And from there, you know, they can certainly um, 
get a whole bunch of information, find out what we do, what our costs are and everything else. We also offer a free strategy session. So a lot of people, they get in and say, I don't know if I need a trademark or I don't know if I need a patent or I don't, you know, whether or not I do and can I afford it? So we offer a strategy session. We'll sit down with you, go through what you're doing, answer any questions and make sure. So you can always go on there and schedule a free strategy session. You can also email me. I'm always pretty available and uh, pretty responsive. So you can go just at Devin, uh, D-E-V-I-N, at MillerIPL.com. Um, so that's one of the other ones. Um, and then I always, I know, I give out my, my, uh, my phone number as well. So um, if you want to call or, or you can text me, um, 801-829-8446. So those are probably the easiest ways you can reach out, either schedule strategy session via our website, shoot me an email, or give me a call or text. Awesome. Well, hopefully you won't get completely inundated. <laughs> I, I'll make sure to, I'll, I always, I, I'm plenty available and I'll, I, I'm uh, more than happy to handle it. If my worst problem is, is I'm inundated with a lot of questions, that means I'm doing something right and I have a whole bunch of people to help. Yep, that's great. And I guess um, something that I should kind of uh, make sure of, since I'm in Canada and I know some of my, vis some of my listeners are, you deal with U.S. patent law only, right? So we Yes and no. So I, our firm only does it with U.S. law. We do have connections with almost or a lot of law firms throughout the world. So we're able to, if people want to, we can either manage it for them and, you know, kind of act as a middleman where we prepare everything. And then we have a Canadian law firm do the actual filing in Canada or whichever country it be. So they're welcome to reach out to us and we either can connect them up with the law firm there directly or we can still help to manage things as well. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. I've really uh, learned a lot, I think, from from what the difference between TM and the R is to, uh, wow, everything. Great. I said, great subject. I could go on for a lot longer than you or your audience will ever want to, but uh, <laughs> always the short questions that are, are never the easy answers. No, that's, uh, that's true. That's always the way it is. Thanks very much for being with me. I really enjoyed it. Well, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on, and uh, it was fun to talk with you. And that's our show for this week. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Beyond Retirement. I'm your host, Jackie Doucette. If you liked what you heard, please go to wherever you listen to podcasts, review the show, and leave me a rating. It helps me move up in the ranks and reach more people. If you've got any questions or comments, drop by my website, www.beyondretirement.ca, and leave me a short message. Thanks again for listening, and we'll chat again next week. <laughs>